All right, spring is almost upon us and that means listings increase, activity increases, but this year could be a little different because we've got the mortgage cliff, we've got interest rates at such record high levels that we may not have the demand to keep up with the increased amount of listings. So let's go through exactly what's happening around the grounds in Australia and what this could mean for prices for the rest of 2023. If you're interested, definitely keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now in a second here, we're going to look at some core logic data to understand what listings are doing at the moment, what they've done previously in comparison to averages and what this could mean for house prices moving forward. Now generally what you'll find is the winter months are where people aren't selling or not really transacting as much as they would be in spring and summer. So spring is very important to really gauge how much interest we have in the market because so far in 2023 the majority of the gains were being made in the first quarter in the second quarter we usually come into winter and that's when things calm down now what we've seen so far is that because we've calmed down with how much sales activity due to the fact that there's lower listings the demand's actually been able to meet it and in some cases it's actually exceeded the supply and that's why we've seen prices go up in many suburbs across Australia now if we start seeing an increase in listings so that's the supply but we don't have the demand increase because interest rates aren't cutting and borrowing costs are still going to be so high. So unless the demand increases as well, we could find ourselves in a position where we have an oversupply of listings and that could mean more negotiating power for you as the buyer, which could present some opportunities, but could also be the turning point in prices actually falling. A rise in fresh listings will test the depth of buyer demand in spring. The flow of new listings added to Australian housing market has been rising since mid-June in contrast to the usual seasonal trend where new vendor activity would be trending lower during the colder months. So exactly what we've spoken about, you Usually we come out of this and then spring we start seeing the increase in listings. This time around, it started early. Historically based on pre-COVID decade average, new listings added to national housing market dropped by 5.2% between autumn and winter before rising by an average of 9.8% between winter and spring. In contrast, through the winter season to date, new listings have risen by 13.2% this year, driven mostly by a 17.9% rise across the capital cities compared to a 4.6% rise in the flow of new listings across the combined regional areas of the country. Now I made a video on this channel a couple of years ago around regional versus capital cities. If you're interested in that comparison today in today's market and what we could see with prices over the next three to five years, definitely leave me a comment down below saying regional versus capital and I'll definitely make that one for you guys. Over the four weeks ending August 13th, the number of new listings added to the Australian housing market was 3.3% above the five-year average. The first time we have seen this flow of new listings rise above the five-year benchmark since September last year. Now, this is quite big. The counter seasonal lift in vendor activity can probably be attributed to the positive turn in housing values across most regions since March alongside historically low advertised supply levels working to boost vendor confidence. Now something I have been advocating for on this channel for over the last three years is that when prices are going down generally no one wants to sell their property. Okay so let's just take a step back from what's happening right now and just look at this as a logical exercise. If your neighbor decides to sell their house today and they happen to get $800,000 you decide okay well well, last year it could have been $900,000. So I've seen prices go from 900 because across the street they sold for 900, these guys are selling for 800. Do I really need to sell? Well, I want to get 900, not 800, so I'm just going to wait. And what generally happens is if you can hold on to your property and you can weather the storm from a cash flow perspective, because obviously interest rates have gone up, people will just sit on the sidelines. They're like, I don't want to waste all of my money that's been put into this one asset and hope that the values go up. But now if you're telling me the value's gone down, I want 900, not 800. And so people 
people tend to hold on to their properties for much longer. And this actually plays into the fact that housing moves very slowly compared to share markets or cryptocurrency. And the reason for that is most people are using their house to live in, right? So if you wanna move, you're not just deciding overnight that, hey, I'm gonna move and I'm gonna sell my place and then move into somewhere else. It takes a lot of time. Generally, it could take about a year before you make that decision anyway. So by the time you make that decision from today, go six months or nine months from now, the market's completely different. So the people that are selling now have probably thought about selling for over the last three months at least. When vendors have started seeing those prices increase, they've thought, well, okay, this might actually be a great time for me to sell my property and then move into something else. But here's a unique problem that we found during this cycle. It's that rental properties are not available. We have a rental crisis. There's not enough being constructed. So then the alternative is, hey, okay, I'll just downsize and buy something else. But if supply is so low and there's no listings available, then it's not exactly like people can sell their property and move into something else. So what do they do? They hold on to their property and they hold on long enough until the market starts recovering. And that's when you start seeing prices go back up and you start seeing activity increase as well. This happens not just on a cyclical basis with the year being, you know, the warmer months having more activity, but it also plays out in longer cycles as well. We've got the flow of new listings and the stock of total listings. Now, what we're going to look at is just some high level numbers, but you can pause the video and check it out yourself. But Sydney being the king of all markets, we've got here, we've got new listings 10.9% higher compared to last year. And when you compare it to the previous five year average, it's 22.6% higher. When you actually look at stock of total listings, it's actually down 14.7% versus last year and compared to the five-year average, minus 7.2%. This is why it's so important that when you go out there looking for property, you take all of the data into consideration and in context. Because if you look at that first number and go, oh, flow of new listings, oh my God, it's increasing, and you didn't look at the stock of total listings available, you would not know what the complete story is. You look at the first column and say, this is a buyer's market. I'm going to go in and offer something that's ridiculously low. To which the agent's going to turn around and be like, you, right? And the reason for that would be because we don't have enough stock in the market. You can see the flow of new listings at 1.5% and then compared to the five-year average, it's 11.8%. But when you compare that to the combined regionals, the flow is still down considerably, minus 11.7% and minus 10.5% compared to the five-year average. When you come across to the stock of total listings, you'll still see both combined capitals and combined regionals below their averages with combined capitals being significantly below those levels. So that's by location. We're realizing that, okay, stock levels are increasing, but they're still nowhere near where their averages are. But this accounts for both apartments and houses. So where are we seeing more of the listings actually come in? And that's coming in with more listings for units in these markets. Total listings have jumped as much as 41% in sub-Sydney and Melbourne suburbs since the start of winter. In an early sign, stock may be starting to pile up as buyers have more options to choose from, according to CoreLogic. And this is when we start getting a little deeper in. As you know, on this channel, I like to keep it quite fluid. I like to keep it so that it's very simple to understand. But if you're interested in doing this yourself, you've got to go and get more education around this space. If you also want to go and outsource the complete thing to guys that are experienced in the space that can do it for you, then definitely go check out this video. It shares exactly how we do things. Alternatively, book a free discovery call, which you'll find in the link in the description below as well. New unit listings across the combined capitals are now 31% higher than the previous five-year average compared with houses where listings are 13% higher. While total listings for Sydney homes are rising, they are 50 
15% lower than a year ago and 11% below their five-year averages. By contrast, unit listings are now 0.5% above their previous five-year average. We're seeing a lot more units and townhouses hitting the market, I think because more investors are offloading their property. So even if listings are rising, they are not all what many home buyers, particularly those who are upgrading, were looking for, said James Price. Around a third of our listings are units at the moment and they're taking so much longer to sell because they're generally targeted by first home buyers. These buyers tend to be more scared and they're slower to make a decision. So the turnover is not as fast as detached homes. I would go on to argue as well that with interest rates increasing and seeing prices stabilize and reduce in some areas, while on the surface it looks great for first home buyers, I've explained before, this is actually so bad for them. Generally what you find is the first home buyers are trying to take on as much leverage as possible because they may not have the amount of deposit they need for a 20 or 30% deposit. And this means that if you're trying to go in and purchase something when interest rates are six or 7%, it's much harder to do even though prices have stabilized versus getting a loan at say 3% or in some cases people getting at 2% to go and buy that place at that point in time. I think what we're gonna see is increased activity as per usual, but this time what could be a very testing period is the fact that so many people are coming off this fixed mortgage cliff and that could determine whether we see prices increase in the later half of this year or we may potentially kick the can down the road or we may see prices stabilize and even in some cases fall. This I think is the final frontier. The next three to six months will determine whether we're gonna have positivity in the Australian housing market because I can tell you now and I'm going on record, I don't know what date you're watching this, but I'm coming out and saying that if we see growth in the next three to six months leading into 2024, we will see 2024 as being one of the years with the highest amount of growth in Australian housing. Because if you're able to absorb all of those listings at the moment when interest rates are so high and we see it over this period where maximum amount of pain is felt in the economy, before we see inflation start calming down and rates potentially falling as well in 2024, then it means you're in a position where as those interest rates drop, increased amount of demand will come in as more people are able to borrow. So the next three months is very important to keep an eye on. If you're interested in knowing my thoughts as they come through, definitely subscribe to the channel and share this video to someone else who may be sitting on the sidelines waiting for a better deal. Thank you so much for watching and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.